Hey everyone, and welcome to Shy and Salty with your hosts, Nikki and Rhea, where we talk through our journeys of learning, unlearning, and relearning in order to help you through yours. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. We are so excited that you tuned into today's episode. We're going to be talking about different areas that we are minorities and just different times that our identities have been questioned or challenged, per se. But first, Andrea, how are you? I'm different than last week. I feel like last week I was like so inspired. I was like, oh my God, like I see this bright light. And, and this week, week it's just fuck it all. <laughs> Hard F. <laughs> It's just like a whole different mood. I'm just like more of like just tired. I'm coming towards the end of my current project and there's just been issues that have been bubbling up that my work's in the center of. But today it got resolved and I think we have a path moving forward. It started off with my supervisor being like, let's chat after this call with the client lead. That's so scary. He wants to talk to us and I'm like, about what? So I can mentally prepare. It ended up being that he was just like thanking me for my work and he was just thanking me for my documentation. It had like the proof that they signed off on things even when they said they didn't. Hell yeah. The importance yeah. of documentation. That's what I'm good at. I feel like. That's right. And that's I such a like good validation. Like... You're like, your work oh, is being seen. Yes. And then on the call, like our daily stand-up call, the VP's like, oh, can you set up a time with like talking to the client lead, like with yourself, with me and with Andrea? I was like, oh my God. So it was really interesting having that conversation, but it seems like we're moving steps forward. It's just this week has been so long, like so many back-to-backs and I haven't had much time for like myself and like to progress other things moving forward. But that's just an overall feeling that I have right now because I did not want that on a Friday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, the week after any holiday is always just like a lot, especially we're so close to year end. And I'm sure, I don't know, like when your project actually goes like fully live. I know you've been going in all these like waves, but. Oh, yeah. No, we're supposed to leave. Like they're not extending us. So we're supposed to leave by the end of the year. So that's why they're like extra looking into our work and I feel like some people are going to sleep and other people are like just waking up so it's been really interesting ride but I'm trying not to get it like to have it so personal but it does like drain my battery a lot oh I'm sure what about you you were talking about a certain assignment this morning (laughs) (laughs) I just after like four months of being month to month in someone else's home like I've been subleasing a space and it's a studio so my boyfriend and I who I live with have just been on top of each other and going insane um signed a townhouse so up That's to so rent exciting. not to purchase but oh it's just so exciting seeing that there's a light on the end of the tunnel and not like okay are we gonna move to this place are we gonna stay together? like just all of these like other questions coming up and now it's just like decided and I feel like we're secure and like everything is just going forward versus just being everywhere and feeling so lost that's really exciting for me also was not grading but like evaluating some freshman year 
honors engineering students final projects, which was fun this morning. It was like a four hour ordeal, but had so much fun doing it. The kids these days, wow, they have CAD assemblies that like move together, like I don't know, things that I was doing as a senior, things that I like probably can't even do now. So <laughs> and how is like the demographic of the group? Just curious. Diverse in that like majority, probably Asian. There was, I guess like personality wise, it felt like pretty, pretty diverse. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely predominantly Asian. This is like not trying to like build into any stereotypes, but it was, it's like very like honors engineering type group. And no, Rutgers, I mean, Rutgers honors engineering. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like when we went to Rutgers, it's like there's like two crowds that you can go into. It was like East Asia or India and like Middle East, like combined into one. And of course, this is like coming from my lens where it could have been different, but it's just like what I experienced. And so you go through it one another. Everyone else is like a minority. Yeah, it's like the one space where uh, Asians are no longer a minority. But I'm curious what the actual demographics are because that was just me like looking at the huge like grid zoom screen. So I don't know the people who weren't sharing their faces, which is also so interesting too. just like this new hybrid model of going through college and having to like do group projects like virtually sometimes. And we were talking a lot about like joining clubs and how like important that was in terms of mm -hmm. our like, getting jobs and just like real life experience in terms of like dealing with people and owning your own like company almost and like leadership roles and all of that stuff. Stuff. like the club presence now like smaller because everything's virtual and there's not as much of a informal community aspect yeah so interesting I feel so uh, feel bad for kids these days no so I can definitely understand it's definitely I am gonna highlight it's definitely important to get involved when you're in college it's going to lead to so many things and we can definitely cover that in like getting your first job or getting an internship or like how our routes brought us there but mm -hmm. I mean when 2020 happened and being like isolated into your home I know a lot of my plus ones drop like my involvement in the community drop so I couldn't even imagine like going to school and like doing more than the bare minimum yeah it's like how so. do you care about things when there's so happening like whether it's pandemic related or like family getting sick or like protests like how it's hard to like find value in some of like the work that we do or some of the initiatives we're taking I, maybe that's just personal maybe that's no, just yeah <laughs> and now we have omicron coming in which is also bringing up conversations i haven't done too much research but this is what i'm saying bringing up conversation of how the us is having like um racist undertones when it comes to preventing or having a travel ban to South Africa, even though there are other countries like the UK I saw and a lot of European countries that have Omicron cases, but aren't banning those travels. So I'm not sure where it's going to lead to, but it's just uh, seems like there hasn't been like much growth. So who knows? Yeah, I saw that. I think it's that infographic like map thing. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's been going around. It's yeah, it was like comparing the countries that have the Omicron variant versus the countries that are banned from the US. And it was crazy that they're all like in Africa. 
um, but also not that crazy because we're racist. So <laughs> <laughs> I just can't like, I don't know that this is even related, but I, I feel like I've been like kind of like just removed from the news and like what's happening in the world. So I'm just like hearing about this via social media. But I was like, why is everyone talking about abortion again? And then I like looked it up and I did not realize Roe v. Wade is like back on the table, back yeah. on the potential chopping block. That is insane to me. Sometimes it's good to use your privileges to block out everything. I feel like, I don't know, at times I'm like, I should know everything. I should be informed about everything. But then it's like, I don't think we're supposed to. That might sound really bad, but I don't think we're supposed to know about like everything going on. I don't know how it's communicated, but I meant more of like technology and how it advances the types of news that we get to ourselves. So no. I I was like thinking about that this morning, like how much happier I've been just like not looking at the news, but then also thinking about this like, well, if I don't know what's going on and I'm not like being an active participant in like politics, then like I can like things like Roe v. Wade overturning can still happen. And like not that I think I am the turning point of any of these issues but i mm -hmm. think as a citizen being an active participant in our issues is important but also like taking space to like not get every micro news that's available all the time I yeah you definitely worded it better than me i was like no <laughs> basically exactly. i'm in a cycle of ignorance is bliss and then so much guilt <laughs> it's like it's so hard and like what other I guess what other generation has had to deal with this before? Like news is so accessible now. Like every yeah. part of news is so accessible now with the internet, with social media, like having an opinion is so important almost too. And I think we just need to create like good, healthy boundaries between us and the news. And even with all that information out there, people choose to do their own thing. So very interesting how people receive information differently and what they do with it. Yeah, for sure. Well, going on to our topic for today, um, did you want to start with that text? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> basically I'm pulling up the text right now and- And I hope you know too, like this was like not offensive at all to me. But also, okay. like, I get that. But I think it's, like, it should be called out. I'm calling myself out. I basically told Nicole we should start with this. Calling yourself out. Yeah. Essentially, for Thanksgiving, I went down to West Virginia. It was a crazy week. One work was just unbearable. It's, like, having three-hour call meetings, like, not necessary, especially during COVID. Um, not fun during doing virtual calls like that. But um, my sister wanted to stay in... Uh, New Jersey where we currently live so that she can go out with her friends because it's going to be like the only time she could see them and you know people go out the night Wednesday before. night is like the biggest night to go out ever yeah the number one drinking night I think it's like yeah. blackout Wednesday or whatever blackout Wednesday. So she comes back and I'm like okay I'm gonna drive at 3 a.m and so I drive like I cut down like 40 minutes so it was a four-hour drive from New Jersey New Jersey to West Virginia the whole reason we went there is because it's like a tradition that we do every year is to go down there and celebrate together 
and that family is not originally from West Virginia. They just move around. So for anyone but they live in West Virginia? Yes. Now? Currently. Okay. Yeah. So anyone who might be questioning why they're Puerto Ricans in West Virginia, it's not like they've been there <laughs> the whole time. Um, no, because I've gotten questions by coworkers and my sister said her friends questioned her too. So I was like, okay, it's makes I don't sense. know a single person that lives in West Virginia, but I would assume <laughs> it's not be Puerto Rican. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a documentary, I think on Amazon called like The Whites. And it's That's like- what I assume who would be in West Virginia. Yeah. It's a very interesting family. You guys should uh, check it out just to- see what it's a glimpse of one of the families down there but um my cousin she had a baby recently so she was bringing him his name's abner so cute so she's hispanic the husband is asian and so his family was coming to the tradition or to thanksgiving for the first time they made lumpias which i sent to nicole and I'm like, oh my God, this t- this looks so good. But the background of it is that he was like, I was like, oh, like I need to send this to my friend. Like my uh, friend, he's Korean. Like he would like this because I sent it to another friend of ours first, thinking that he was Korean, but he was actually Filipino. So I got corrected and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I thought you were Korean. Like now I know you're Filipino. And that's when I sent you the message. And the text that I sent to Nicole I mean, you sent me a picture of Lumpia and I was like, oh my God, I know what this is. Like all my, the Filipino like family parties we would have growing up. Like it's like the one Filipino food that I would eat. Yeah. It's delicious. Literally as they were coming out, like it was the tray that was getting emptied. It's so good. If you haven't tried it, you should try it. They're like Um, little fried egg rolls. And then you like dip them in this like sweet sauce. Literally all of Filipino food is just like carbs and fat. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, oh my God, I sent this to Chung first thinking they were Korean, but I was wrong. I felt so bad and apologized for the confusion, but so delicious. I just felt so guilty. And obviously like it wasn't coming from a bad place. I just thought one thing versus another, but I, I mean... One, I apologize. I understood what I was saying and I corrected it. But I not only did I apologize to him, I apologized to my cousin. And they were both like, it's fine. Like, don't worry. Like, we get that mix up all the time. And I understand it's fine, but like, I need to do better at that. And yeah, just wanted to talk about, even though that's such a small incident, it's like when our identities have been. Com- question and like being in that position it could sometimes be from an angle of like connectivity which I experienced at the Rutgers game where there was a guy like taking our order and I'm like oh what are you because I knew he was like some type of Hispanic uh, Latino and it made us like bond he gave me free drinks and stuff like that so that was fun but other times it does cut a little deeper when you're not only questioned, but challenged like the incident that happened over the summer where I was, or we were at the party and there was a black African-American woman who said I wasn't Puerto Rican after questioning what I was. Again, there's different variations that I feel come from like getting questioned And I know, Nikki, you've had experiences like that 
So definitely interested to hear about yours too. Yeah. And I, I like back to the um, Lumpia conversation, like I don't, I've, I get the like want, like now that you know, it's like Filipino and not Korean. Like, I don't think you should feel bad about it. Like, I don't think we should be scared to like not know things too. And like not necessarily be like offensive because I think they're like, I mean, you like you did all these things after, which was like so great, but you doing it in the first place was not like a negative or like ill-intended. And I get that yeah. intent doesn't always mean impact, but also I, um, I know there's people out there who are like, I'm scared to say anything now because ev everything's going <laughs> to everyone's going to be offended. Like, no, like not not everyone's going to be offended with everything, but just like be smart about what you're saying and be like yeah. conscious of the people you're talking to and like realize that they're human beings too. And um, just like try to do your best. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> I guess one story I had um, from a couple months ago, I went to, and I guess like bringing it back a little, I, my boyfriend is from Missouri and his family still lives in Missouri, um, mm -hmm. actually in like a more like rural area. So not like, not really even like a suburb of St. Louis, which is like the biggest city, I guess, in Missouri. Um, but it's in this like more rural town. And, um, we lived there for a couple months at the beginning of COVID, I mean, like just to get out of like our tiny New York apartment, I was definitely the only like Asian person I saw in the entire city. Like granted, we were like kind of quarantining, um, but everyone yeah. was white. I think like in the cities themselves, like they're, they're obviously like more diverse, but like, yeah, this more rural town, there were like some houses that were flying the Confederate flag out there. And I was like, wow, this is real life. <laughs> like I didn't realize because like I kind of lived in a bubble like I grew up in New Jersey and like not like not saying anything bad about South Jersey but like in a more diverse part of New Jersey um mm -hmm. and I lived in New York City so I saw all different types of people heard all different types of languages and then in Missouri it was or in this rural part of Missouri I was like wow I get how like people would never hear other people speak a different language like I get how all of that is like so foreign yeah. to them so maybe just being like a little bit more open-minded and understanding of their point of view. But when I was there a couple months ago, and granted, everyone was like super drunk, but my boyfriend's dad, some of his like college friends were at this, it was a fish fry. I don't know if people know what a fish fry is. It's just like- I didn't. <laughs> I guess it's like a barbecue. It's like essentially a barbecue, except you're frying fish instead of grilling meats. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably not even like the definition of it. Um, but some of his friends said to me like, oh, like what kind of Asian are you? And I was like, oh, like, I don't know if that's <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> and then they guessed Filipino or one of the guys guessed Filipino. Mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, like I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of impressed that you guessed that. Um, and then he just started talking about like, Oh, yeah, like I assumed not like Korean because they have flat faces or like not Chinese because like they have round faces. I don't even know that these are like the right things that he was saying, but mm -hmm. I was like, oh, like you could have stopped there. <laughs> you could have stopped <laughs> the Filipino part. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just funny, like the rabbit hole he was going down in terms of like all these like 
um, stereotypes. Um, and then later he told me that my eyes looked the, the color of shit because they were brown. And this was a party where like most people were white and also had like blonde and blue eyed like my boyfriend is. So I was like, okay, we could be done talking now. <laughs> I know it like wasn't like the intention was not for him to be offensive. And honestly, I didn't even take it offensively, but just understanding like if I was in any less regulated of a mood or if I was in yeah. maybe a different person or I don't know, like I could see how it could have been taken offensively. Oh yeah. Fun, fun times. Love Missouri. Going back <laughs> for Christmas. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the biggest content. thing is just making you uncomfortable, even if it's not like, offensive, like pointing out the differences when you're like the guest. At the yeah. Event. Doing, like the otherness part of it, where it's like yeah. all of these people are the same, not that they are the same, but like there is the sameness within everyone else here. And then I'm this like other and yeah. I'm just like on the outside. Yeah, it was interesting. And it plays into, um, I don't know, just like being a minority or being like other or being on the outside. Yeah. And sadly, this is something that it's like, I don't see ending when it comes to like from a race perspective. I feel at least there's racial ambiguity when it comes to our being. I don't really know how to like properly say that. But I mean, I'm always questioned about like uh, where I'm from, whether it's like Uber drivers that I would take like prior to COVID and they're like from the Middle Eastern India area regions. So I don't, I think going forward at the end of the day, everyone just wants to be respected, want to be seen, want to be heard. But um, I just don't see that stopping for some time. So yeah. <laughs> I think we're doing, I think that, I mean, maybe this is just optimistic because also like I realize that there's, we're going backwards in so many ways too. But mm -hmm. I like to think that there's more, I don't know, inclusivity or like openness to like trying food from other cultures or watching shows from other cultures or mm, all yes. of that but but related to what you were saying I feel like I maybe less so now but growing up I would always get the like what are you question and I remember always being so like why does this matter um but maybe in like even like a maybe in a ignorant way like maybe thinking mm -hmm. like oh like I am from a place where people don't really, I don't know, where like, I don't see overt racism. Um, so like, why does it matter what my race is? But yeah. I guess at the same time, like the colorblindness and like the acknowledgement of your race and like being able to appreciate different cultures is important also. Yeah. But I mean, growing up in the early 2000s, it wasn't like it was today. I think there was like a lack of representation um, and whether, of course, like you have your own experience, but like me, it's like not being his, like having that question of like, what are you? It's like, am I not Hispanic enough? Like, am I not American enough? Like, what am I? So I can understand like growing up, having that hit more just because 
you're you might not be in that place where there's like confidence there at least that was for Mm -hmm. me and just seeing like how everyone looks a certain way we did hit upon how I went to a predominantly white school and you were the majority at your school like as far as like the Asian uh, population there is yeah maybe not the majority but definitely a high high number of Asian one thing when you were talking about your story, um, when you were saying like this person was talking about all these different stereotypes with the Asian community, I do want to touch upon that because there are stereotypes for every race. Asian cultures, I see that the stereotype is more of like a positive thing, whether it's as like was kind of hinted before when it comes to their intelligence, like their education, what kind of work they go into. Those are the stereotypes that I've heard versus when you have other races, such as like Hispanic or Latinos who are like sexualized, they're rapists, they're like loud, they're ignorant, like ignorant in the sense of like they lack education and can also see with like the black and African-American community. So it's just very interesting, like how we were taught to look at people a certain way, but we also have to look at how stereotypes do change based off the race that you're in. Because even though we're minorities, like we do face different types of experience and different variety of that experience. Yeah, for sure. And I know, um, and I think maybe this was talked about like earlier this year, like during the American, uh, Asian American violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Asians are given the stereotype of like intelligent and like they're not really minorities because they like make more money or like get more higher paying jobs um, or like finish college at higher rates than even like white people do. Mm-hmm. Um But like in reality, some of these statistics are not even inclusive of like the entire Asian population. Like there's also so many Asians that are like poor and like in Mm -hmm. um, not as nice neighborhoods. It almost like puts a blind spot on all of all of those people. I wish I had better um, demographics and numbers and stuff. But you're so right. I mean, for me, as someone going through like high school or college as an Asian person and um, having maybe like, oh, like, yeah, like nerd, like Asian smart, like, of course, you know, <laughs> oh my God, what were they going on? <laughs> but you're yeah, like, like, those are not like, those are not necessarily like negative, stereo- like, there's still otherness, but like, they're not necessarily like, negative stereotypes so they're not yeah they're definitely not as harmful in most circumstances as I don't know being um races that are quote-unquote like looked down on almost the mm-hmm. eating dogs thing oh my god like the number of times I've heard that I haven't I haven't heard it that many times the disgust on it. my face <laughs> oh my god and like just the like just the like, I love dogs and I love animals, but I do eat meat. Um, but like, if you're in another country, and maybe I don't know, not in an area that like where having pets is like super normal. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like what difference is a pig and then a dog? Like, I don't know. I would never eat a dog, but also like I get if you're brought up in, somewhere else, like. I and that was know. viewed like, as normal. I mean, that was like yeah. everyone with like milk, right? It's like, that's such a weird thing now to even think about. But that was something that like we grew up like, you need to drink milk because of your bones and to like get really tall and yeah because the dairy industry owns the united states no but um the culture that we've been brought in versus other cultures it doesn't mean that we're right or that like oh you eat dogs like that's insane and i don't even know that like there are asian cultures that eat dogs but like i know if you're poor and you see an animal and you kill it for its meat like you're gonna eat it like you're yeah like i don't know Whatever. And that can happen anywhere. That doesn't tie to like a certain race. It's like just what you have around you. I mean, there's countries that they rely solely on what they can grow. So whatever yeah. the animals in that area. When I went to West Virginia, I tried deer for the first time. And it's like, that's just what they do. And I'm just that's like, not I'm not <laughs> No, I'm not. But no, yeah, I get it. People here eat buffalo, which is a little bit more different. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm like giggling because that reminded me of like uh, in college, uh, someone that we know, she thought buffalo wild wings, like the wing came from a buffalo. That's Such a sweet, innocent girl. <laughs> I wonder why it's called buffalo sauce. That's kind of interesting. I don't know. Like it doesn't feel like it's related. But anyway. i was just gonna say that like you reminded me with the stop asian hate movement a lot of it was like driven through not only entitlement when it comes to attacking and killing these women um but also just like from a sexual point of view even though we are from two different races we're very heavily sexualized there's I'm just trying to get my words together, but an example would be like this SVU episode I watched the other day uh, with my family. And it started off very eerie because it happened to me in real life, which was this woman, she heard a knock on her door and it was Con Ed. And so they were saying there was a gas leak and they need to come in. So she opened it, he pushed her, and then he raped her in front of her child, which was disgusting and I'm not saying I was raped I'm just saying my experience was that a man was outside my door with a gas mask and he was knocking saying that he was from PSENG and that I had a gas leak in my apartment luckily I am overly aware you can ask our friends when we're walking back I like make sure like we're good if I see a group of guys I get overly like nervous. I like make sure like I have an eye on them, but I'm like, I didn't call PSENG about a gas leak. And he's like, Martinez, like it's Martinez. And I'm like, no, sorry, there's no gas leak here. Like I didn't call. So it took him a little bit, but then he left. And I always think like what would have happened in that situation and to see it like on TV was so crazy. Um, But anyways, as far as like this episode, uh, she happened to be uh, Latina. She had a son and she, as you find out in the episode, she had sexual relations with 
a couple people leading up to this event, so the cops weren't taking her seriously. Later in that episode, another woman was uh, raped in front of her child, uh, so they saw like similarities in the cases, and she happened to be a cop's daughter who's white, um, and so they believed everything that she said. They were like, we need to quickly turn this around while the other one, like, they they wanted to shut down. And so even though there were some people, like, trying to um, put these cases together because they had the same MO, that wasn't the case. So in the end, they found who the person was. They go to trial, but they only go to trial for the white woman and not the Hispanic woman because they thought there were too many holes. I just feel like it just shows that the same thing happened to two people, but only one was taken seriously because of not only their position, um, but also their race. So it just like highlights the inequalities between the two and how these like stereotypes kind of come into play when it comes to media. Yeah, for sure. And maybe that explains why like I am a certain way where I'm like, very cautious, very thorough, because I feel like I have a less chance than other people, like less chances to mess up. You know, if I were to shoot someone, um, I would probably go to jail. But if you were a white cis male, then it might be a different case as we've seen in the past couple of weeks. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing so much proof of that. Yeah. And of course, I'm aware of the privileges that I have, um, such as like how other tr- people treat me uh, based on the color of my skin or race. And I love being who I am. But it's like, I think what people don't see is like what you do in the background to try to prevent certain situations from happening because you know that the outcome will not be in your favor. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it's a million percent white women and versus like minority women, but also just like men and women, like as women, we have to be so much more careful. Like I cannot, I mean, not saying I can't, but I'm like way more scared to do a solo hike than I think like a man is. Mm -hmm. Um, And not because of like falling off or like getting squished or getting lost, like, but because of like other humans on that trail, like, I don't want to be in the woods alone with a man. Like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's funny how like different the two can be, but also like the same at the root. Yeah. But yeah, back to also the sexualization piece. Um, I know that like Afro or African-American and Latina bodies like that's they're so sexualized because of like being more voluptuous or whatever like whatever reasons that are like deeply rooted in actual like racism too um yeah but the tie too with like how those bodies are so sexualized but also like asia like there's this like fetish 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 whatever yellow fever how many times she says fetish (laughs) <laughs> whatever the noun or fetish is fetish is fetish is no. right i don't even i don't even know 
<laughs> maybe it's not a real word um <laughs> but like i've definitely dated guys before where we've like yellow fever has been brought up um and i'm sure like they were probably too young to like really understand like what that was or like it was probably a joke um not a funny but, one no, overused of course <laughs> but um it's a thing as we definitely saw in Atlanta and like all around the world always. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And when you were talking about like a white woman's experience, being a woman, you can relate to other women, but like you can't talk about the impacts that racism has. Like you have, and you, I don't mean you, Nikki, <laughs> I always used you as in like you all, but I'm not going to be like, hey, y'all. But I feel like sometimes they either overdo it as far as like being like the person that's going to like, what's it called? The white savior complex. Mm -hmm. But then also use that angle of like, I'm in the minority too. Like I have issues too. And I'm like, I understand, but like, what is the word intersectionality like it's much more complicated than just being a woman to understand like the full scope just like how being a gay white man you're not going to have the same experience even though you are part of the lgbtq plus community yeah that you're not going to have the same experience as other uh races in the community because of how people are grown up how cultures are like having the machismo kind of environment with the latin community yeah for sure i i i guess like the not including intersectionality always has definitely like i feel like we can have a whole conversation on that because yeah yeah white women feminism and like the history of feminism and how much like they, all the things that they didn't do for like black people historically, like it's insane, like working towards like similar goals, but like taking, taking it all back to yourself and like not, and so like being a form of exclusion, it's like kind of gross. Um, yeah. And guys, I have white friends and I have gay friends. So I know what I'm talking about. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah no I mean it, it's definitely a complicated uh topic and I would definitely. love to bring in some people from those communities to kind of give their perspectives obviously we can't talk about like how other people's experiences are it's just something that like you said that kind of like brought me to that thought process and I was like it's just much more complicated than that and again we can go through like a whole episode or a whole rant about this but I just thought it was interesting, like bringing uh, that type of experience. Yeah. And I can definitely say that as someone who is like, I'm half Asian and I'm half white. So I know like as someone who is half white, I still get the privileges that like maybe not all like full Asian people get. Like I see the privileges I get with also being white. Um, How like your experience has been as an Asian woman through like engineering, through like consulting and through where you are now? Yeah. Um, good question. <laughs> um, so I definitely remember like 
and maybe I didn't get in touch with this as much until this year, um, thinking about my Asian side and how much that's like impacted parts of my life. Because again, like I didn't really experience that much racism directly like growing up mm -hmm. because I was in communities that were so heavily Asian also, like along yeah. with white. But I definitely remember experiencing like being the only girl in like so many classes or being like one of like two girls in classes and then being like partners with the other girl because like we had to stick together, um, which was really like a positive. But yeah, when I started college, I joined, it was our first year of doing like Douglas women. So Douglas is the women's college within Rutgers. So I just like signed up for the, their like living community because I was like, oh, like this will be cool. Like I'll make new friends. I'll meet other women engineers. Um, and it ended up being like such a big part of my college experience. I, I loved it. So we lived in like an all girls like wing our freshman year, which was like super cool. And like, it was still in a co-ed dorm. So we still experienced like men, like it wasn't like inclusive, like too, totally like exclusive. Um, but we had this like women's studies class that we all had to be a part of the first year. And we had to read, I forget what the book is, but it was about Henrietta Lacks. So about like a black woman whose DNA was taken um, without her permission and is now like used as like the main like DNA testing gene, whatever. I don't know science, but yeah, like I remember just learn like taking that class and being like, oh, this is so like silly. Like I can't believe I have to take a women's studies class. Um, but it being such a interesting class. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking about it with my boyfriend at the time who I like dated through high school. He went to Columbia. So he was like super like pretentious and like higher level than me or whatever. And he was like, this is a remedial English class. Cause like whenever I would talk about it, I'd be like so excited about something. And he would tell me that it's just a remedial English class. I was like, that's not Which really is... what it is at all. But um I was just going to say, like, as far as, like, you had this corner full of women, like, you took women's studies, so it was really nice, like, being in an environment where, like, it's, like, a little, I don't want it to be, like, oh, it's a little safer, but, like, you can be a little bit more vulnerable. Keep in mind, I'm, like, a floor down. I have, like, uh, it's co-ed dorm, meaning I have men to my left, men to my right, and I had a roommate who... Uh, had a boyfriend so it was really hard for me to make girlfriends for some time because of that mm -hmm. I, I don't want to change topics but like on that topic do you find it harder or easier or like and has this changed over time but like do you find it harder or easier to be friends with the girls or to like make new friends that are girls okay um I literally called my mom about this because I felt like, not that there was something wrong with me, but I feel like I'm like less emotional than I should be when I talk to people because of, and this just goes back with like race. It's like, if I do like, Nikki knows me from college. So like early on, I was very vocal. I would like speak my mind if something's wrong. Like um, people would already label me as uh, the fiery or sassy Latina. And it's like, considering I was like one of two in our like fraternity, it's not nice having that title, especially when you're trying to be more serious and like trying to get those leadership positions. But I digress. I feel like I get along with guys better. And 
it's not because there's a difference between guys and girls. It's just that I'm able to communicate and they don't react as quickly or they don't look deeper into the message, which can also always be a good or bad thing. But I feel like um, sometimes I say things that come off the wrong way or sometimes I do things where the intention is there, but the execution isn't so much. And that's hurt a lot of like my relationship with women. So yeah, I guess that's my answer. <laughs> but I think it's just yeah. like an, a more of like emotional thing. And I gotten my heart broken by a lot of women friends in the years so I think I'm just a little more cautious but a lot of guys are friends with you for the wrong reasons and that oh, also breaks God. my heart when I find that out it's like I'm just talking to you as a person and you can't see me past like sexualizing me which also really sucks for sure I was gonna say too like on that the point that you made about like getting your heart broken by girls I feel similarly where like in middle school and high school, like I had some like, I hate, I don't want to use like the word traumatic in a way where like something crazy happened, but like ways yeah. that affected me now where I feel like I had like traumatic experiences with girlfriends. And I think in college or at least like for parts of college, I was like, I feel like girls intimidated me because I was like mm -hmm. scared, especially like white girls. Um, so I feel like it was just harder for me to have good friendships with some girls mm -hmm. where I would just like change who I am to like talk to them where like there was a part of me that was like maybe I just like get along with guys like maybe I'm just so used to having close like family guy friends growing up and just inter like being one of the guys or something or like being in engineering where we're like around so many guys so we have to pretty much make guy friends too as an adult I've made so many more girlfriends like post-college adult um mm -hmm. and I just like love that I've grown in that way like where I've tried to like work through like my past relationships with other women and uh, that fear of like women being judgmental or yeah. I don't know excluding me or like feeling left out I think that's just like an interesting dynamic because I also think there are girls who are like guys girls or whatever and they're just I guess like I don't want to say pick me girls but like kind of pick me girls and I just I hate that idea also. I think it's just bringing other people down in general or trying to make someone look bad in front of someone else. But yeah, no, I agree. That's why I called my mom. I'm like, am I a pick me girl? If like I have more guy friends than girl or like, oh my God. Well, cause I'm like, my family is like very women central. Yeah. Women center. Where they're like the strong um, figures. Like it's a matriarch. Strong figures. It doesn't mean my dad is not strong. He's amazing. But it's mm -hmm. just like I have a lot of independent, very strong women in my life. And I think I just and this is what I've been told is that I have high expectations for people. Cause I think my relationships that I've made with them and especially with my cousins, we are so close knit. And they like know everything about me and still like love me and still try to like work with me. If like I say or do something wrong that I kind of expect that from the get go from people that I get close to. So I had like to try to step away from relationships, not in a negative way, but just to, like kind of protect myself more. And I feel like it's easier to not get as deep with 
guys than it is with girls so maybe that also has to do with like a factor on it that's such a good point because i talk about i talk about this with my therapist sometimes about how we almost require deeper conversations a lot more often than like guys do jake can hang out with his friends and literally just like talk about sports or like talk about the current sport that they're playing together and like not mm-hmm. talk about anything else like not even deep conversations but like about like a, an event coming up like yeah <laughs> i don't know it's just so funny because i feel like i'm so bad at small talk but i love long in-depth conversations about people's experiences i want to also add like i've never thought of you as a pick me girl because i've always like i've never really thought of you as like a people pleaser at all because you are and we've talked about this so many times but you are always like not scared to say what's on your mind like i've always been so envious because i have definitely been a people pleaser and maybe sometimes like i don't know if i'm like i know an example of someone who i think of as like pick me girl so that's funny that you brought that up to your mom because i think having like a lot of guy friends is different than being a pick me girl where you're like have those guy friends like to like i guess other intentional ways yeah, we can definitely have like a deeper conversation, especially around the pick me girl, because it's it's much more than that I know was like a trend and it was like funny at the moment. But the whole purpose around that is around like being like, I'm not like other women and don't treat me like other women because how men treat women isn't always the best. I think that's where it stems from. and. Uh, maybe we can have a conversation about like how we should move forward from that. And that's a wrap. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Shy and Salty, where you can DM us with questions and stories slash topics that you would like us to cover for future episodes. Thanks again for listening to Shy and Salty. Take care of yourselves and see you next Tuesday.